This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your uh, sous chef sous of the chef. garden. Yes, Frank Proctor. You're, eh? you're my garden <laughs> companion. Well, the little intro there, I uh, hope you bring along your questions. Bring along your umbrella. Man, <laughs> that came down like a, a, just somebody was standing above you with a bucket. I hope it's doing that everywhere all over Ontario right now. Well, we now. need it, don't we? Yeah. Big time. It, uh, Frank and I are referring to the fact that it was was briefly raining cats and dogs here in downtown Toronto. I do, and the sky was roiling. Oh, it was great yeah. sky, actually. I hope it's doing that at my house. So dry. By the way, by the way, the voice that you're hearing other than mine is that of Charlie Dobbin. And she actually, she it's her show, you see. Oh, thank you for yeah, putting that no, in. No, no, no. And, and it's the garden show. And, yes. of course, the you know, voice you're hearing besides mine is Franklin Proctor, who yes. is, as we pointed out, the sous chef, the yes. undergardener, so to speak. Uh, uh, so to speak. Uh, I better give the phone numbers. Sure. <clears throat> Pardon me, because I see you have a whole whack of notes I there. I always have a Gabby whack of notes. Daniels, okay. Uh, <laughs> for Toronto, give a call to 416 360 Zero zero seven forty, and uh, anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Our producer David Gaskin, I see, is busy already lining up calls. So excellent, we better get to it. That's right. So if it's pouring rain at your house and mm-hmm. you just want to sit and watch the rain, that's good because the gardens need it. My rain barrel went completely dry two days ago, so I'm hoping that's filling up as we speak. Meanwhile, today, uh, the Huronia Rose Society Rose Show is on from 2 until 4 p.m. Of course, that'll be indoors. It's at the Community Church of the Nazarene, 49 Ferris Lane in Barrie. $3 admission, open to everybody. Kind of cool. If you love roses, you'll see some beautiful ones. Also today, after the radio show, I'm heading up to Caledon. Remember, the um, Plant Paradise Country Gardens Delphinium Day is Ah. today. So I'll be speaking on outstanding companions for delphiniums. Now, I know the event is sold out, so don't jump in your car to go there. I imagine the retail perhaps is open at at this particular location in Caledon, but the the event is uh, lunch and music. S-R-O, sold right out. Well, they heard you were coming. I was going to say. Tickets for... Snapped up. That's just it. Like but that. it is an annual event, so, you know, yeah. buy early, buy often when it comes to <laughs> tickets to Delphinium Day. Uh, Tuesday, July the 10th, 7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is calling all gardeners and apartment dwellers to a free lecture on container gardening for terraces. Very, very topical topic. Actually, it's uh, Container Gardening for Terraces, Sun Decks, Balconies, Rooftops, etc. This is going to be presented by a speaker from Access Alliance. Guests are welcome. Refreshments are included. Meeting places, the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Next Sunday, July 15th, from... 
Am I right? Yeah, that is next Sunday from 10 to 5 p.m. There is a garden tour in support of Carpenter Hospice. Eight beautiful gardens in the North Shore Boulevard and Lakeshore Road area of Oakville will be on display. Tickets are available at, you know, all over the place. A bunch of retailers are selling the tickets. If you need more information, email Margaret at Hospice Garden Tour, all one word, Hospice Garden Tour mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And I've mentioned this one before, the uh, Blooms for Africa, Blooms in the Night Garden Tour of Historic Hamilton. That's Friday, July 27th and Saturday, July 28th. Sixteen gardens are on display for evening viewing, which is quite interesting, quite unusual. That's going to be some run. I mean, uh, if you're going to plan to hit all 16. Yeah, it might be hard to hit all 16 because it is, well, that's why you go for two nights, right? You go, you don't have to go just once. You can go two nights, uh, six to nine, because it is only a three-hour window. And yeah, you're right. How do you see 16 gardens in three hours? But yeah, plan to go twice. And uh, again, passports can be purchased at a bunch of different retailers. For more information, www.bloomsforafrica, one word, bloomsforafrica.org. Org. And then hot off the press, uh, coming oh, in at <laughs> scoop, scoop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> scoop. Rosemary Dobson, my intrepid reporter, sends me <laughs> announcements. I don't think she ever sleeps. So I think. Just come in at what, one in the morning? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she just wanted me to remind you that the uh, 46th annual, that's a pretty yeah. lot of annuals, mm-hmm. eh? 46th annual Ontario Regional Lily Show is today and tomorrow at the Royal Botanical Garden. 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Today, 1.30 to 5. Tomorrow, 10 to 3. If you love lilies, I'm not talking daylilies. These are lilies, real lilies. Lilium. Uh, go see some amazing lilies. Color, sizes, fragrances. Unbelievable. You will have your socks knocked off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are so effusive here this morning. My <laughs> Can't for Daniels. Well, now, uh, oh, I forgot the mantra. Uh, uh-huh. Get it out. Call there. early, call often, one question per call. Mm-hmm. And we're sticking to that. That's boy. right. Yeah. Patrolman Proctor might uh, be going on holidays. I've got my ticket book handy. But, but he's ready. I'm ready. He's I'm, got his pencil sharpened. You're right. You're right, ma'am. Hey, golly. Okay. Oh, hey, it's uh, 10 and a half minutes after 9. So huh. we better scoot along. So we have callers waiting, and they're dying to ask you, Charlie, a lot of questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, one question. Question. One, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I meant collectively, of course. Oh, okay. Yes. <clears throat> He's caught me a mo- hung by my own petard. Uh, <laughs> you wear leotards? <laughs> well, sometimes. That's, uh, that's a whole other story. All righty. <clears throat> Back after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Is that a new little one there? Uh, no? Have we no, had that one before? we've had that one before. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's great. Crazy. Makes me laugh. <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's uh, Charlie Dobbin and Frank Proctor here with you, The Garden Show on the air from AM 740, saying hi to Beryl in Cambridge. Hi, Beryl. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Great. Excellent. Soaking good, wet. Good. But... <laughs> <laughs> Is it raining in Cambridge? Uh, not at the moment, but it looks like it may be any minute. It's coming over very dark. Yeah, great. I know. Yeah. Fingers crossed, eh? Yes, that's right. Well, we need the rain, so I'm not oh, going to complain. Nope. <laughs> so what's going on in your garden, Beryl? Uh, I purchased a laburnum tree four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first three uh, springs, oh, I had beautiful yellow clusters. Beautiful. But this year, I just had one cluster, no more. 
Mm. Does the tree look healthy otherwise? Oh, yes. The, the, the leaves and everything are really beautiful. So you full know? and but green. I just wondered why I didn't get any flowers this year. Did you do any pruning to that tree last year? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, it could be, okay, just so everybody else understands, laburnum is the proper name of a tree that's commonly called golden chain tree because it gets these yellow flowers that hang like golden chains. They're beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful trees. Now, what might have happened, it's an early spring blooming tree. Yes. The flower buds are formed in the fall and are on the tree all winter, similar to lilacs, yes. and are ready to go in the spring as soon as things get going, warming up, etc., we had a very funny spring. Remember we had that real warm blip uh-huh. in March? I then we had maybe it was that. Some super cold in early April. It yeah. could be that the f- flower uh, buds were frosted off. Uh, that's likely what happened. If you didn't do any pruning last fall or midsummer, then likely the, bu- the flower buds were there and they just were, just, were you know, damaged in the frost. Uh-huh. Obviously the tree is fine happy, healthy, that's all good. Next year's another year. We saw that with a number of our early spring flowering plants. Magnolia was a good example. We saw a lot of the buds just get blasted off by frost. So it doesn't have any impact on next year. It just means this year we didn't get the, the same good, good flowering that we've been gotten used to. For, yes. Yeah, it's I a lovely tree. I kind of wondered about that because that sort of upset a lot of the flowers, you know, with mm-hmm. that bad weather that we had. Yeah. Well, that's right. It can, you know, they got ready to go. They were all, you know, perking along there, and then that frost just stopped them in their tracks. But like yeah. we say, the main thing is that the, tr- the main tree itself is happy and healthy, and that's all that really matters. Flowers, okay. more next year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, thank you very much, and I appreciate your show. I really listen to it every Saturday. It's great. Well, Wonderful. Thank Thanks yeah. so much. Take thank care, you. Beryl. Uh, from the west in Cambridge there, well, let's uh, travel uh, along the 401 to Coburg and uh, say hi to Margaret. Hey, good morning, Margaret. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Hi. Uh, my problem is my hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bloomed beautifully last year. Now, this year, it looks like it has lace lacy leaves. Oh my, and is this a tropical hibiscus or a Rose of Sharon type hibiscus? Or? I really don't know. It's planted uh, it was a- here when I moved in, mm-hmm. and I've, it's just come back every year. Okay, so this is something that dies down in the winter and comes up in the summer. Right. All right, so it's the perennial herbaceous hibiscus. I know there's so many hibiscus out there. Um, so lacy leaves. Well, lacy leaves tells us that an insect is chewing the, the leaf material uh, off the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's a question. When you look at the leaves, do you see any evidence of insects on the plants, uh, underside of the leaves, top of the leaves? Any? I haven't really noticed. Okay. Now, the other question is, do you notice that um, the lacy leaves are towards the bottom of the plant and up at the top there's green leaves that are intact? Well, there's fresh new leaves coming above, yes. Perfect. Because, yeah, this is it kind of, this is something like, for example, my neighbor had a problem on one of her shrubs and she said, come and look at the shrub, what's going on? All these leaves are got holes in them. <clears throat> she was actually thinking it was a fungal disease. So I went looking and of course, in her case, it's, it was an insect that's called the viburnum leaf beetle, and it's a it's an insect that chews the leaf tissue away from below. So you don't really see the insect; you just see the tissue disappearing. Mm-hmm. But of course, when you look more closely at her shrub, there's all kinds of new growth where the green leaves are perfectly intact and nice and healthy. And my my point to her and you are exactly the same: is the insect that was doing that damage has moved on. There, it's not there anymore. You're not seeing that insect. The new leaves are clean and fresh and healthy. 
so no worries. It, it's not going to be very pretty this year to see those shotgun, you know, holes through the leaves. But it, it doesn't affect the ultimate long-term health of the plant. And uh, the new leaves are in good condition. Just keep an eye. You know, watch for any untoward missing leaf material and then get down on your hands and knees get out a magnifying glass if you need to look to find the insect often it's some little little beetle from below and it's a soapy solution right it's a safer soap or a, a pyrethrin based spray that will kill them on contact okay okay and what you what like to make up a soapy solution what type of soap do you use remember it's not detergent it's not- soap just so soap. just soap. So of course, you know, ivory is probably the best known soap out there. Like stay away from dishwashing detergents. You need okay. soap and it's a mixture of 40 parts water to one part soap. Okay. That, that's your soap solution. Well, I thank you very much. I didn't know whether I'd have to dig it up and dispose of it or... Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. And, of course, the flowers are coming. They come later. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, like I said, yeah, if any of the leaves are in really bad condition, snip them off, put them in the composter, and, you know, just encourage new growth, new leaves. The whole thing will, will come together. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're have a very great welcome. day, Margaret. Bye. Thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from AM740. I'm dying to talk to the next gentleman, uh, and we'll get to him in just a minute. George, uh, I have a little note from David in the next room. He's from Iron Bridge. Don't know where the heck that is, so we'll find out. Well, either that or we'll Google it. That's yeah, what we'll do. Yeah, well, could do that. <laughs> but why, why spoil, He'll tell us. Why, why spoil the fun? <laughs> Iron you know, Bridge. be a little detective uh, work here. 19, uh, make it 20 minutes after. After uh, 10, and I'd better start doing my exercises right now. Because okay? yes. Frank is going on holidays. Yes. And when you go on holidays, you want to be active. You want to go swimming and golfing and mountain climbing and who knows, right? <laughs> exactly. And hoisting a beer or two. You know? <laughs> yeah, you need That's to be in good shape strenuous, for that. <laughs> strenuous, strenuous work. <laughs> so, I mean, when you're staying at a place called Lake on the Mountain, I think, well, water skiing, parasailing, <laughs> mountain climbing, right? Oh, it's, you know. it's gorgeous. Really, it's yeah. Hello to the Kretchen family. Everybody well, you're going to see him yeah. tomorrow. Yep. yep. Got a 7 o'clock reservation at the restaurant. Oh, already. excellent. Yeah. All right. So Frank and I are off on holidays. And, of course, the reason we're talking about being you know, active and, and feeling good is that both Frank and I take a product called Sierra Sill, which is a natural mineral supplement. And all it does is it takes out some of the aches and pains in joints, whether it's elbows or knees or, or in the case of hoisting the beer or the wrist. <laughs> so one needs, you know, one wants to to stay active, one wants sure. to be pain-free. We both find that Sierra Sill works for us. For more information, check out their website, sierrasill.ca. Give them a call at one joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at Ambrosia Natural Foods in both Newmarket and in Thornhill. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the old souk chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here giving the phone number one more time. <laughs> old? You're think... calling yourself old? Well, well I am. Uh, rather ancient. You know, Not really. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the phone numbers yes. better get to. We got one free line, so you can call in 416-360-0740. For those of you in Toronto, anywhere else, it's one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty, and that's a toll-free call. Okay, let's get to George. I want to find out where Iron Bridge is. Good morning, George. 
And good morning, Frank. And I want to comment, if you think you're old, well, I'm 72, so... Oh, I'm a youngster then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you old codger, nice to have you on the show. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Where is Iron Bridge? Yeah. You've all heard of Elliott Lake? Uh Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, I'm about 80 kilometers west of Elliott Lake on 17. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so you're up there. Now You're you're north. uh, You're catching us on just the regular radio? Uh, not quite, no. I'm on the internet. internet. Okay. okay, I thought, yeah, that's uh, that's way up there, for gosh sakes. Yeah. Actually, I have picked up the radio while driving along 17, but it, it's a little broken. Right, right. Yeah, it goes in and out because of all the rocks and trees yep. and ups and downs, yeah. Well, okay. let's, let's see Welcome if we can to the show. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, my question, I put in tomato seeds back in March and mm-hmm. grew up nice plants inside. They were a oh, foot and a half high when I finally planted them uh, early June. Mm-hmm. I put 14 plants up in up here, and they're all stressed because of lack of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the plants, so I gave to my daughter, who's uh, down in North York, mm-hmm. and her plants are at least two feet higher than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plants, I have uh, tomatoes, uh, the fruit setting. Mm-hmm. In her mass of plants, all she's got are flowers. Mm-hmm. Now, she's on a balcony, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if the problem is there are no bees, and if the, that is the problem, can she pollinate them themselves, or what happens? Tomatoes will self-pollinate. So okay. it's not that. <clears throat> I was going to say, you know what's probably going on? Part of that water stress that you've got going on up in where you're gardening <clears throat> does cause plants, when they are under stress, to flower in, more bountifully and set fruit, which ultimately sets seed more quickly. It's, it's very much we, we anthropomorphize the plants by saying, oh, they're afraid they're going to die, so they want to make sure that the, the genes are carried on. Is that really what's going on? I don't know. But we do know that stressed plants will often flower more and fruit more and set more seed. So there could be a little bit of that going on as well. Tell me about your soil. I know it's very, very rocky where you're gardening. Do you? <laughs> no, actually, my soil is sand. Oh, really? And I have dug in compost for about five years. Okay, good. And so... Uh, I'm surprised. So it's sandy where you are. It's a little pocket of sand, or or is there? It's a sandy area there. It's very sandy. I suspect this was a lake bed at one mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So digging in compost is excellent idea because that helps with the water retention. Mm-hmm. And um, and the other thing is, so I, yeah, I was just thinking that your daughter's soil might have been just that much more, well, two things. She might just have a lot more nitrogen going on in terms of her fertilizer than you do. Right. I mean, using which the is her height. Uh, uh, fertilizer spikes. Oh, okay. So you use those just once, right? Yeah. They're those tiny little spikes. You stick them in and then just let them slowly release. Correct. And they will release. Now, remember how those work. It's it's a fertilizer that releases in the presence of moisture. And if moisture is a limiting factor, then not a lot of fertilizer is being released. Okay. Okay. So that could have something to do with why her plants are that much bigger than yours. 
But in terms of worrying about fruit set for her, no problem. She's got lots of fruit coming. And right now, her her plants have been putting a lot of energy into leaf and stem. So the the flowers are there. The fruit will come. In your case, you've got some tomatoes coming before her. So, you know, you've got longer days as well. So the longer sun means the other yeah, reason the why you may... still shining here at 10 o'clock at night. That's right. And wow, our sun's yeah. going down at 9. So you've got that longer day that is great for tomatoes. They love that nice hot sun. So, you know, in your situation... Tomatoes can be perfect, uh, in ter- particularly if you've improved the soil, as you say. So okay. it all sounds good. Excellent. Well, I'll tell her not to worry. I was going to tell her to get a feather. And yeah. there. <laughs> well, or a Q-tip. The Q-tip or a little paintbrush is something what we'll, we'll sometimes use if we feel we need to do some pollinating. With the squashes and zucchinis and cucumbers, there's a situation where male and female plants are, uh, flowers are separate on the same plant. But okay. tomatoes will pollinate themselves. Okay, George, uh, before you go, you've really piqued my interest. Uh, Iron Bridge, how many souls live there? Oh, we're a massive place, uh, (laughs) approximately 800. Oh, well, hey, that's pretty good. That is a pretty good size. Uh, When I lived and worked in Toronto, the apartment building I was in had approximately 900. (laughs) (laughs) So you just transplanted the whole bunch up there. That's right. (laughs) That's great. Well, thanks for joining the show, and uh, thank you for listening on the Internet. That's great. Okay. Thanks, Thanks George. Happy gardening. Okay. Phone numbers one more time here for The Garden Show and Charlie Dobbin. 416-360-0740. And out of town, call, uh, and no charge, of course, 1-866-744-740. And next on the line, it's uh, John calling in from Port Dover along uh, Lake Erie there. Hello. How are you this morning? Very good. Uh, Good morning, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good to hear from you. Good morning, John. Uh, I have kind of a strange question. It's about an apple tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be 100 years old if it's a day. Mm. And because of construction, they're going to tear it up. I don't know what type of apples it is, all right? Mm-hmm. I tried last year to use seeds, to, like the apple seeds, mm-hmm. to, to start it. How do you start an, uh, a tree? And I'm going to hang up because of the radio, and I'll listen, please. Okay, great story. Thank you very much, and hey, Thanks. great show, guys. Oh, thank thank you. you. Okay, so this is a good question. Uh, when people want to try and preserve, mm-hmm. pl- you know, ge- mm-hmm. yep. germplasm or genes on, on a plant, and as John said, his impulse was to save seeds and try and grow the apples from seeds. You can do that. You can grow apples from seeds. A couple of things, though. One is it's going to take many, many years, like as many as 10 or 15 years before you'll ever get any apples off those trees. That's number one. Number two, an apple, again, we were talking about pollination. Apples require cross-pollination. So when you plant a seed from an apple, it will not, the, the chance of that seed growing into the exact same tree or fruit that you're now eating is one in four, so a 25% chance. So you don't have a high likelihood of eating an apple taking those seeds out from the core, planting them all, and growing the same apple. So that's why when we want to preserve and preserve the genetics on a plant, seeds are not often the best way to do it, Um, particularly in the case of this kind of open pollinated plant. So what I would do is you you need to take cuttings is the real thing you need to do. And the best time to take cuttings on an... Well, okay, there's two. The way we normally propagate apples is with grafting. 
And it's where, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a long story, but the bottom line is a piece of the tree is inserted into another small tree with a very strong root. And what happens is the piece of tree that's inserted of the apple that we love starts to grow. Give it about a year once it's growing, <clears throat> excuse me, and cut off the top of the original tree that's whose roots it's growing on. Okay. So they've grown together. So now our roots are one tree, but our top trunk oh. and branches are what we grafted on. Well, I'll be done. And so, yes, that's what I would look up if I were you, John. No, so when you, when you graft it, mm-hmm. do you do it, wrap uh, anything you around to it actually, to hold it or what? Yeah, of course. So what it is is, remember a tree has bark on the outside mm. and that bark protects the tree. Between the bark and the inside of the tree or the heartwood is a very slippery layer and that it's in that slippery layer that we literally slip a piece of oh. the tree we want to propagate and then you wrap it and they'll right. use things like grafting wax to seal it because you don't want insects to get in there because you know it, it, it's sweet and slippery so you know it's it is a bit of an art the grafting of, of any of the fruit trees and that's typically how it's done so if you wanted to google it or look it up in a book in the library apple tree grafting is something that's been going on for hundreds of years so there's lots of information out there the other thing you could try just on your own would be to take some cuttings and now would be the time to do it I'm talking four to five inch tip cuttings of the tree and proceeding to root those little cuttings, remembering that the roots come from where the leaves are currently attached. So you've got to insert, remove the leaves, get those little nodes under the moist medium, whether it's sand or vermiculite, and get some roots growing and then start those little tiny cuttings and, and grow up some trees. You just aren't just a pretty face, you know. Well, thank you, you very much. My gosh. <laughs> the, the information this lady has in her head, unbelievable. <laughs> Charlie Dobbin, thank Master you, Gardener here at AM740. Well, I hope that uh, helped out John there in Port Dover, and thank you very yeah. much for listening, John. Yeah, worth saving if it's a good apple. A- absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we're off now another direction now. Look at that. Scarborough. Joyce is there. Hi, Joyce. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, the, the caller who called in about um, his tomato plants, mm-hmm. um, you partially answered some of my questions. But I have three um, heirloom tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, brandy wine is one of them. Mm-hmm. And two of them, are, there's so many tomato plants on there. But the second, the middle one, there's hardly any plant, any fruits on it, and I really don't know what to do. They're planted within maybe about a total of about six feet between them all, you know, and I really don't know what's happened. It, Why is it there's no fruit on, on, on one of them and fruits on two of them? Well, do you know what could have caused that? What I would say right now is it is only July 7th. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been a very early year. So a lot of plants are ahead of schedule. So okay. we're tending to be a little impatient and oh. say, come on, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. I need my bushel of tomatoes. Okay. It, I wouldn't panic yet. A couple of things to keep in mind. They're obviously, like you said, they're within six feet of each other. So the soil is similar. Yes. The light conditions are similar. Your care is similar between them. Yes. Uh, if they all look happy and healthy, then I would not be overly concerned. Be very wary of cranking too much fertilizer onto your tomatoes. Okay. Instead of putting a lot of fertilizer, ensure that they're in a good quality, highly organic soil when you plant. They're in because the compost heap that I'm using now is like 20 years old and oh, I've been using it just since last year. Oh, great. Okay. There's lots of rich stuff in there. You good. Know? Because so, that's the one thing. If we put too much fertilizer, sometimes we just get a lot of leaves. So you know? What about eggshells? 
eggshells. I, I put crushed eggshells. Great. Can't go wrong with eggshells for a couple of reasons. One is they help control insects. The other is that they slowly break down and release calcium into the soil. Okay. And we know that we want to avoid blossom end rot okay. on our tomatoes. So that's the one where the, the bottom of the tomatoes just looks water-soaked and the whole thing turns to mush. Okay. And, and part of the, argue, the, the belief that blossom end rot partially starts because of lack of calcium, but also one of the beliefs is that it's from um, insufficient watering. So with these dry days, let's all make sure that with our beautiful vegetables that we do consistently give them moisture in order to reap a good crop at the end of the season. There's nothing more disappointing than growing and beautiful plants and then getting nothing at the end because of different sort of physiological things that can happen. Would lack of calcium cause um, some of them, the tomatoes, to have holes in them? In the actual plants or yeah, in the leaves? In, in, the, in the fruit. Oh, sorry. In the fruit. Holes. No, yeah. holes are usually little insects that uh, bite and start burrowing in. It's, oh, it can be something like a slug. Are your tomatoes staked or are they on the oh, ground? Yes, they are staked. So they're all up off the ground. Because yeah. slugs will do that. Eh? They'll get onto the skin and just, they just stand in one spot and proceed to get through the skin. And then once they're through, they just go straight <laughs> in because it's so soft. So the, what uh, do I do to prevent that? Um... Honestly, are, are you finding that there are quite a few holes in some of your tomatoes there, right oh, now? There's holes in two or two of the fruits. Hmm. I can't think who'd be eating. I mean, ear. It's been a big year for earwigs. Maybe uh, have you seen many earwigs in your oh, garden? Yes, I killed about fifty-two days ago. Wow. Excellent. So keep on that. Keep, set up those little earwig traps that we've talked about, you know, a little piece of empty hose or even a tin plate upside down. Earwigs will hide in the morning yes. in these places that we provide for them. Yes. During the day, we go and we empty the hotel yes. so that they are not there the <laughs> next night. Take them night. for a swim. Exactly. Yeah. So he's off on holidays <laughs> to that oily lake, and, uh, and that way they... Um, they're not there that night to yes. then proceed to chew because there's no question that earwigs have been chewing a lot of the you know flowers okay. and, and tips of, of leaves and a number of our gardens plants this year. Yeah, thank you very much for okay. your help. You're very welcome. Good luck with Thanks that. Thanks for joining the show, Joyce. Always a pleasure to uh, welcome folks, and not only from Scarborough, but all over the place. Mm-hmm. My gosh. You are listening, by the way, to uh, AM 740, Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Next on the line is Betty in Hamilton. Hi, Betty. Frank, how are you? I'm terrific, Good. thank you. How about Good. you? Uh, well, I've got an incredible hydrangea. We bought it last year on our 49th anniversary, and now our 50th is coming up this Friday. Mm. And this thing is not producing large flowers. It, they're small. And I've been given different types of advice. Uh, one was to not feed it any uh, thing like miracle Grow. Someone else at the garden center said, oh, yes, you need to give it a high middle number. So I don't know what to do. Okay, so do you know what the name of that hydrangea is? Incredible. Oh, it is. In, in, oh, yeah. It's actually called Incredible. Yeah. All right, so here's my, my take on this particular plant. For people that haven't heard of it, it was brand spanking new last year. It is uh, one of the white flowering, big white round flowers. Right now we are seeing a lot of white flowering ball type hydrangeas blooming. The ones we're seeing typically is, are called Annabelle. The difference between Annabelle and Incredible is that Incredible is supposed to have bigger flowers, the size of a soccer ball, mm-hmm. and the stems are supposed to be so strong that the these big heavy flowers do not fall over and hit the ground the way Annabelle's do, but should stand up all on their own. Right. 
I read all the promotional material and I said, oh, this plant just sounds like too good to be true. <laughs> I got one myself, but only this year. And I, where I've planted it, all the, you know, the good soil, mm-hmm. lots of sun. These are two important things that it needs. Also, being a hydrangea, it likes a fair amount of water. I'm with you entirely. The flowers are quite small. This year, they're probably the size of a baseball. Yep. But I'm putting that down to the fact that the plant isn't truly established yet. Okay. So that's the thing. What you Always remember, give plants, particularly woody, uh, long-term plants, two to three years to really get their roots settled in, their little, little selves settled in this new spot before we can start criticizing what they're doing. Okay. So for now, it's happy, it's healthy, it does have flowers, but I think, and, and according to the promotional material, it will get way better. Okay. Okay, so, but do not um, rush around with too much fertilizer. You put it into good soil. Okay. You've got it in good sun. Yeah. It's always a good idea to fertilize in the spring all of our plants. Mm-hmm. If it's miracle Grow you're using, then again, you could do it again six weeks later. Okay. But by the end of July, we don't fertilize anything else. No. That's We cut off all our fertilizing other than our vegetables and lawns okay. uh, after the end of July. So if you feel that it's due, you know, six weeks has gone by, you could fertilize it again. But I hope it's raining. Like, make sure plants are not wa- stressed for water okay. when we fertilize because fertilizer... we. Never, ever fertilize a plant when it's super dry. Okay. Okay. But be patient. I think it'll get a lot better. And let's report back to each other because I'm pretty interested to see if this plant is going to be as great as uh, they said. (laughs) Okay. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you, Betty. Thanks, Betty. Thank you. Have a great day, and thank you for joining us here on the Garden Show, 940 the time here on a Saturday morning. And um, let's see. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of listeners in Hamilton because we're going to be speaking momentarily. To Albert there, but first of all, once again, Frankie does his exercise. I'm going to do my two-finger push-ups It's here. those leotards yeah. that are throwing me off, I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. Your own leotard. Yes. <laughs> Pretty cute. Uh, oh, so the reason that <laughs> Frank is giggling and doing finger push-ups <laughs> is that he, similar to me, being a boomer, uh, you know, a Zoomer. Zoomer. Oh, well, no, you, well, Zoomers, I yeah. am, don't worry. We're all Zoomers. <laughs> boomers become Zoomers uh, when we want to stay active, right? Yeah, That's right. the difference between a, a Boomer is just a certain age group, but a Boomer who wants to be active and doing uh, so things. Boomer with a zip. That's correct. Yeah. So because we are, you know, those kinds of people, we want the freedom and we want to maintain all our favorite activities, whether it's mountain climbing, kickboxing, golfing, swimming, surfing, <laughs> little frisbee on the beach. Think about it. You've got three weeks. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. So, not me. No holidays for me. Actually, I'm going to, on a Communities in Bloom uh, expedition next week. I'll be down in South Huron, so down uh, Grand Bend Way. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, next week. So I'll be I'll be beachside as well. Uh, anyway. Bottom line is, in order to do all these things and have fun and be pain-free, both Frank and I take something called Sierra Sill. Now, that's a natural mineral supplement available online at sierrasill.ca or over the phone, one eight seven seven joint 14 or at your favorite local health food store. For example, Noah's Natural Foods at Eglinton & Young, St. Clair & Young, and Bloor Street, all in Toronto, carry Sierra Sill. Change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And 9:44 on this uh, rather uh, wet Saturday morning. We're hoping. So, yeah. But 
but before, okay, were you going to just do numbers? Because I no. wanted you to give us an update on your gardenia tree. Oh. Or is it going on holidays with yeah, you? No. Uh, is, no. Is, is this is the prom queen we're talking about. <laughs> the prom about? queen. Well, doesn't no. she get holidays? Well, she's having a vacation at her own resort over at my friend Candace's uh, oh, in, in St. Catharines. Okay. So she's taking care of the uh, the uh, prom queen. Good. And got beautiful blossoms on it. Yes. And, and she's uh, already started doing something that I hadn't done, deadheading, you know, taking the dead uh, blossoms off and she knows how to take care of plants. Oh, good. So the prom queen is going to be bursting. Well looked after. Yeah, oh, yeah. good for you. So that's And so the moral of that story is, you know, you don't leave the, the pets at home when you go on that's holidays. Right. And you don't leave the plants at home either. I made sure. Everybody's got to gotta be looked after. That's right. What about Dickens, speaking of pets? Oh, we've, got, we've, got, a, we've got a lovely friend coming over, uh, Chelsea, uh, who uh, Candace's daughter, as a matter of fact. Uh, they, <laughs> the whole family. The whole family. <laughs> looking after your us. family. Yeah, come over and visit with Dickens. Okay, good. So that's So great. everybody's looked after. Everybody's taken care of. Uh, good well, we've got to take care of Albert here in, uh, in Hamilton. He's saying, wait a minute, I, I've been on the line here for I don't know how long. But let's get to you. <laughs> Albert, welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing? Great, thanks, Albert. Good morning, Albert. Good morning, Charlie. Thank you for taking my call. What's going on at your place? Well, I have a problem with my uh, little tree. Three years ago, I planted a crimson king maple, maple tree yeah. in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And two years, I did fine. Mm-hmm. But this year, the top part dead. Oh. And the bottom is okay. So what bottom. So it? when you say bottom, bottom at the at the ground or bottom of lower branches. The lower branches are alive. Okay, and how tall is this tree right now? Oh, it's about twelve feet tall. Okay, and you planted it three years ago. Yes, I did. Okay, so pro. Okay, so the top is dead. It's not okay. Crimson king maple is a Norway maple. It's got the purple leaves through the growing season. It is a very popular plant because of those purple leaves. Uh, it is susceptible to several diseases that can cause problems. The one, the disease that springs to mind is a disease called anthracnose, and anthracnose is a fungal disease. Typically, it is worse in wet years. This has not obviously been a wet year, but last year was. And I'm wondering if that plant did some suffering last year. When a plant has a maple tree has anthracnose disease, the leaves tend to be smaller than normal. They tend to drop earlier than normal. Uh, And the whole tree just has a certain look to it. It starts, it's kind of thin, kind of not as robust as it should be. Did you notice any of that going on with the tree last year? Well, yes, the bottom leaves that seems to have a kind of uh, uh, molt on it. Mm-hmm. And they dropped early. Yeah, last year. Now, So this year, the top didn't um, f- uh, leaf out at all? Not at all. Hmm. And the barks are peeling off the stem. Oh, up higher or down low? Up higher. Okay. So two things. One is... It's probably not a guaranteed plant anymore, so it's not like you could take it back and have it replaced by wherever you got it from, because if you could, I would do that. If you can't do that, then I would uh, very carefully, with sharp pruners on a dry day, sterilize the pruners with some rubbing alcohol or bleach, cut and sterilize between each pruning cut, away all the deadwood. 
do you have lawn growing up right around the base of this tree? Or yes, have, I have. Okay. So I would remove the lawn from the base of the tree so that it's got an open um, bed of soil below. Often when we plant trees into a lawn, there is quite a competition between the trees and the lawn. And since the lawn got there first, it sometimes wins the competition. So what, for a tree to, to really survive in our lawns, it's always best to remove the lawn from the base of the tree out at least two to three feet in a circle. So I would do that as well. Now, um, I would also, so you'd clean out the deadwood, remove the lawn. You're going to have to add a little bit of soil to bring that up to the proper level. And then some mulch is always a good idea to help keep moisture in. And just make sure that the tree doesn't suffer for lack of moisture. Don't crank a lot of fertilizer. Just do the the kind of tender, loving care we would do from a cultural perspective to make sure the soil is good, the water is you're on top of the watering and remove anything as it falls, as the leaves drop, any of the cutting away branches that you take off the tree, remove from the property. Because if it is anthracnose, the spores are on that material and will you know, continue to infect the tree or other maples. And where do I uh, dip the uh, tools in? Either bleach or rubbing alcohol. Bleach or rubbing alcohol. Yeah, you're okay. basically going to sterilize the blades of the pruners or loppers. Okay, Charlie. Thank okay. you very much Good. for your advice. You're very welcome. Good luck with that. Let us know how that works out. Thanks I for will. thanks for calling uh, in, Albert. I really enjoyed your show. So did my wife. Oh, well, thank that's great. you. <laughs> yeah. Our best to your uh, missus there too. Okay. Uh, oh yes. All righty. Uh, here we are, coming up toward uh, ten minutes away from uh, ten, and we have to take a little bit of a break here. We'll be back to talk to some other folks who are uh, hanging in on the line there. Did you have an email that you wanted to get to at one point there? No, it just made me think of um, we're talking to Albert. I something I took off the internet a while ago. It was this. Girl gardening season, don't forget your trees. And as it's been so dry, I just mm-hmm. think it's worth you know mentioning to everybody, there are top five things you can do right when it comes to trees. Number one is plant the right tree in the right place. So know the size of the tree is going to become so that when you're planting it, it can become its proper full mm-hmm. size and not run into hydro wires and houses and another house, etc. Water regularly. Newly planted and mature trees need regular watering each week. Feel the soil near the base of your tree. If it's dry, give it a long, slow soak. That's not uh, mulch regularly. And, of course, that goes back to removing the lawn. Make sure that there's mulch over top of the soil to help maintain moisture. Prevent damage. Avoid digging near your trees. Um, avoid driving over the roots where your trees are. You know, if, if there's construction going on or whatever's going on, try, try and ensure that your trees are left free to grow both above ground and below. of a tree's roots are located in the top two feet of the soil and can extend up to three times the width of the canopy. So remember that. Prune properly is number five. Educate yourself on proper tree pruning. Have a certified arborist and investigate their reputation by speaking with previous clients. So, yeah, just top five things. Because trees are very valuable to both our property value, but also our environment and our atmosphere, et cetera. So, you know, it's really important. And, you know, good for Albert for planting a tree. Now the thing is, is to grow it up and and let it become a big 50, 60-year-old maple. The one thing that I had never heard before uh, was the bit about removing the grass. Yeah, the lawn. You know, uh, around the base of the tree. That Mm -hmm. that makes total 
total sense, but I never mm. thought of that. It's it's true. It is. It's a competition. Yeah. And you don't think of grass as being a big competitor when it comes but, to trees. Yeah. But the first one that got the one that got there first has the most established root system, and they typically win. Okay, uh, we'll be along to talk to Lauren in just a couple of moments here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor along uh, the sous chef of the garden with Charlie Dobbin. And guaranteed for sure, nobody's skiing today up in uh, Collingwood, uh, (laughs) where Lauren is located. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. And how's Charlie this morning? Uh, wonderful. How are he, things in Collingwood? Is Frank behaving? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, not not really. <laughs> My question that I have is I planted two years ago some blueberries, mm-hmm. actually seven bushes, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all in one bed, and it's a raised bed, which is about uh, 12 inches high. Mm-hmm. Last year, I had a number of berries on this year, I don't have any berries, and I lost all the leaves. Oh, hmm. Lo- so lost all so grew they grew leaves this spring, and then the leaves dropped off. That's right. Uh, okay, now if you uh, bent one of the little stems or branches on the blueberries, are they still um, soft and pliable, or are they brittle? No, they're uh, pliable. Okay, all right, so. I think your lack of fruit is exactly the same as our very first caller when she called about the laburnum tree that didn't get flowers. Blueberries, just like so many plants, set their flowers very late in the fall or early in the spring. And we and in Collingwood, not only did you lose 90% of the apple crop because of that crazy late frost, but blueberries also got hit hard in that, you know, whenever that was, April 10th, seriously, you know, sort of 10 degree, 12 degree uh, weather that happened overnight. So probably your, your blueberries took a real hit when that cold weather came. For now, what I would do is... sometimes plants will go into a certain amount of shock and what shocks them can be extreme heat, extreme cold, extreme dry, and they will defoliate early and they will go dormant. They're not dead, but they are dormant. Now your job is to force these plants out of dormancy. You get out your pruners and you go around and you tip prune every little tip on every one of those little plants down to an outward facing bud. So very small little bumps on the stems, but the, you want those little bumps to be the to the outside of the plant. And you're going to take oh. off tips. It might only be a quarter inch. It might be a half inch all the way around and try and force dormant buds to break and grow. Okay. The next thing I have in regarding the blueberries, do you need a male plant? No. What you need are different varieties. They are not male-female plants, but they do require cross-pollination. Okay. Uh, that's what I was sort of wondering. So you got seven plants. Are they seven? Are they different varieties, or all, are they all the same? Well, there's uh, two different varieties. Okay, good. That's good. No, that's what you need. It's because the po- see each of the flowers is what we call a perfect flower. So each flower has both male and female parts. The problem is, is that the pollen will not pollinate itself. The plant wants pollen from a different different plant, different variety. It could be from a different plant, but if it's the same variety, it doesn't recognize it as being any different from itself. It has to be from a totally different cultivar. 
So that's good. You've got two different varieties. You've done the right thing. Make sure your soil is nice and acidic and the plants are not suffering from moisture and do a bunch of trimming to try and get them growing again. Yeah, I added some acid, I believe it is, that's in the box. Yep, the aluminum. Powder. I've uh, added that this past spring. Was it aluminum sulfate you added or yes. soil, soil acidifier or something like that? Good. And test your pH. You know, get yourself a little pH test kit. You do want that pH down pretty low, down 5.5 uh, even a, li- a little bit lower, if you can, for healthy blueberries. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Lauren. Thanks Cheers. for calling in from Collingwood. Uh, <laughs> trying to do this I show know, with I the know. boys next door. They, Dave's I, Corner Garage, they, Alan Gelman and Dave Renegade. Well, they're sitting there like at a theater. <laughs> They've turned their chairs around and they're they're sitting there like a in, they're in a theater sure looking at us or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like we're doing a show or something. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, how would you like it if we can bug you? Huh? I might do that. Matter of fact, Gee, you know what? I don't think we have time for another. Do we? Uh, I know, but you I'm know what? We, yeah. we have, well, what do we got? We got two minutes. Two minutes for a quick email. How's that? Okay, very good. All right, this isn't really a quick email. This is from Barbara Gilmore. She sent me an email a while ago about having two large plastic containers, 36 inches high, et cetera, et cetera. She wanted to grow some, she wanted to grow potatoes, but of course, these plastic containers had a big sign on that said, warranted for first use only, notice do not reuse for food or drink. And her question was, can she grow something in them? Uh, and she actually she wanted to clean them all up with bleach and use them to grow potatoes. I actually neglected to get, answer her email, so hopefully she's listening to this question. No. If the container clearly says on it, do not reuse for food or drink, I'd have to say no, unless you know what was in that container. Like if it's an old Coke container, you know, those pop uh, syrup containers, oh, yeah. and they just stuck that label on just to be jerks, then you can say to yourself, okay, they're just being jerks, I'll wash it and I can reuse it. But if you don't know what was in there and it's got a sign like that, I wouldn't reuse it for anything that I'm going to be trying to eat. I wouldn't even use it as a rain barrel if my, ra- you know, my rain water yeah, yeah. is going to be used on edible, because you don't know what's in there. Exactly. I mean, who knows? They might have had uranium in there or something. <laughs> You know, uranium. <laughs> you never know. That's a perfectly natural product. Oh my! Uh, oh, yes. Lord. Anyway, so it, you yes. have a really good holiday. Well, I will. Both Di and I are looking so forward to uh, getting away, and we're uh, going to miss you. Take she a computer. She had her opening uh, of her, oh, of her yes. show at the Showboat uh, it went well. Theater in uh, uh, Port Colborne, and mm. it really went well. Terrific acting, uh, and it's called uh, Old Love. It's a wonderful, nice, wonderful play. Nice. So we will miss you, but of course you'll be listening on your laptop. Absolutely. Absolutely. And calling us and stuff uh, Uh, while you're away. And uh, Robbie Lane, I think, will be sitting in. I believe so. So we're looking forward to that. I hope he's, uh, you know, gearing up for some gardening. He'll maybe sing some songs for you while he's here. We might have to because I know he's not a real keen gardener. (laughs) 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 Thanks so much, Frank. (laughs) Will you stop? Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to all our great callers. We'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.